Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my interview today is with Mark Williams and Bill Dubuque. These are two Hollywood uh, filmmakers who are in Toronto for the festival and the debut of uh, their new film, The Headhunter's Calling, starring Gerard Butler. It's kind of an interesting story on a, on a whole lot of levels, not only the film itself, but 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 how it came to be. A long-time uh, passion project of uh, Gerard Butler's and, and without a doubt, I think, uh, Bill's and Mark's as well. And, and it as it is in the title, it's about a headhunter's calling and... and, and Couple of couple of meanings going on there uh, to be sure. Had a real fun time with both of these guys. Really down to earth, uh, interesting, fun guys. We talk about ego and we talk about the idea of, of of being present and hope and priorities and 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 about being you know grounded in the real world and 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 how you know we're all addicts of one kind or another. I just we had a great time, great conversation. Uh, not, not only about the film, but but about. Uh, well, you know about about the things that matter, actually. And what's interesting about uh, both Mark and Bill, also very much involved in the, the new, another film coming out in the very near future with Ben Affleck uh, called The Accountant. By the time you're hearing this, it will have already been in the theaters for a little while. Um, look both these guys up. Look up their filmographies and uh, listen in uh, for our next interview. Check out davidpecklive.com for more information about my writing and my podcasting and rabble.ca. We're, uh, we're getting close to 200. 150 interviews published online. Thanks for joining us today, and uh, Mark Williams and Bill Dubuque, The Headhunter's Calling. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a couple, actually, a couple of very special guests here today. I'm honored to be here with these guys, filmmakers. This is one of my favorite things to do, is talking to people who are telling stories. Uh, uh, Bill Dubuque, a writer, and uh, Mark Williams, uh, Headhunter's Calling is the film, uh, the world premiere, which is pretty amazing. So, Mark, tell us a little bit about that, just from a you got to be pretty chuffed about about what's uh, coming down the pipeline over the next few days. Uh, really, tonight. I mean, we have we have a gala premiere tonight, and uh, it's it was funny enough. A year ago, I was in prep on the movie in Toronto while while TIFF was going on. Oh, funny. And so 
I, I went to a few movies uh, between prep, and then a year later we are we are showing our own movie. Wow! Then. So so twelve months all in, or had the film been written already? Oh, like years and years year? all in. But as far as we were in prep right. to to finish screening, which is about a year. Yeah. So pro producing films for years, uh, but first time direct director. Correct. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And Bill, so what what are you doing here, Bill? I mean, I'm I'm I'm, I'm interested to know. Uh, right now, <laughs> I am here for the premiere as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And your role in it? You just had a small role in this small film. Small role. Yeah. Wrote the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah, blow okay. into town. I see it. I critique it. Tell yeah. Mark that he's even done a wonderful job. That's right. Yes. Or it's not my fault. Or it's not your fault. Not yeah. Fault. Sign a few autographs. That's couple right. shots of vodka. Off I go. Yeah. Off Funny, because I was going to blame you if it doesn't work. Okay, I'm not going to figure that out. So, uh, so, so, has the madness begun for you guys yet, as far as Tiff is concerned, or is that basically tonight? Uh, I don't know what the madness is supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. um, I had madness of press on Monday, oh, which okay. was a new experience for me as a oh, producer. I bet the camera's not pointing at you, and people aren't usually asking you questions. Right. So right. That was a, a whole new ball of wax for me to to really see what that was like. Well, it's kind of interesting, you know, not, not really having been doing this for, you know, too long as, you know, now a journalist, if you will, small J uh, over here. Um, there's a headhunter-like edge to journalism. Bill, you got it. I mean, your background, you've, you've got, tell, tell, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what drove you to write this, some of that, that, that personal story? Because it comes out, I think, in the, in the film. It's, I mean, it's a pretty unsettling film in a sense, relationally. You know, I'm a big fan of those movies that are grounded, that are real, that are based on something uh, that perhaps a world you're not that familiar with. I've never seen a, a film about headhunters. I'm a big fan of movies like Glengarry Glen Ross, mm. oh, yes. Wall Street. The ABCs of closing, right? That's right. Yeah. And you know, I hadn't been in the headhunting agency for too terribly long, maybe a couple weeks, years ago. And I thought, there's a movie here, right? Now that's just ego talking, that was, but there's enough going on in the headhunting agency. Competition, greed, desire. I just knew that if you use that as a backdrop and tell another story, uh, you can capture something that perhaps we hadn't seen before. Is it really, uh, I've, a friend of mine, I was, as I was watching the film, a friend of mine actually was, in fact may still be, I don't know, I've kind of lost track of him, he, he went to the dark side and I can explain that in my you know, next conversation. Uh, but um, is it really that ruthless? Oh, it's more ruthless. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. More ruthless, the, by far, than what you see on screen. It's more ruthless internally because you've got all these people that are inside your, your head of an agency, and they're all competing uh, against other recruiters that are in the world and against each other. So there's a fine balance between uh, camaraderie and I need that deal. I need the deal to pay the mortgage. I need the deal to pay for my car. I gotta have it. I got a wife and kids to support. At what point, for either of you, I mean, you know, I've, I've often wondered, I used to work with a, a big bank here in, in Toronto, and. And I, I remember uh, coming into a boardroom kind of like this one, and, and this was just after email had kind of launched, and the boardroom table was full of paper, stacks of paper. And this was a woman printing off every email that had been sent to her in the last eight months because she was covering her ass. And I remember going home and saying to Elizabeth, my wife, and, and probably others, and I've used it since, there, there's, this, there's this nine to five 
way of living. There's this ethic, right? That you can do, you can treat people horribly, you can uh, disregard others because you're, I don't know, you're doing it for your family. Or, you know, this is my nine to five, right? This, there's a different ethic? Is that, is that? Well, then, and that's part of the story, right? Yeah, right? Obviously, yeah, the absolutely. balance between work and personal, uh, you know, as far as why you do certain things. If you can justify your behavior you know, to do something that maybe is not quite as ethical or pushes the boundaries, but you're doing it for the good of your family, then, then maybe it's okay. So it really is that, that conversation that we all probably have in our own heads every day because we do need to support a family. And sometimes it's just not that easy. So you might have to push the boundaries. And you know, this is, I, I live in Hollywood and right. if, if there's never a better place to see that example, it's Hollywood right. because we're all fighting over the same pie and the same talent, the same scripts, the same money. And so not everybody's playing by the same rules. Uh, so that it does have that same sense of, of where's the line? Dane, Dane crosses the line, I think, a, I mean, a couple times, it seems to me anyway. I mean, obviously that's up for interpretation and dialogue and so on, you know, supporting my family. In fact, gets quite angry at a couple points in the film. Um, but sometimes I wonder, I mean, isn't it really just about ego and your paycheck? I mean, really, he's, he was using his family, it seems to me, as a way of justifying that next phone call. He's just got this massive to-do list. <laughs> Right, right. Well, I'll give you feeds a, into his insecurities in some way. Yes, no. I can remember before I had children. I was a head up before I had kids, and my wife and I did not take a honeymoon because I was too busy closing deals. Wow. So maybe two years later, we take a honeymoon. She wants to go to the Grand Canyon. Go to the Grand Canyon, and. Cell phones weren't as, mobile phones weren't as prolific as they are now. There's a phone in the back seat of the seat in front of you on the plane. And before that plane got to its cruising altitude, I'm on that phone. Got my credit card swipe. I'm on the phone from the back of the chair. Oh, you mean the one that you pop out of? Right, right, okay. I'm closing the deal. I've got to close the deal in Henderson, Kentucky. We're going to the Grand Canyon. So after a while, I hang up the phone, we're at the Grand Canyon. And she is standing. I, I told her I've got to make a phone call. Just stay here. It's just, it's just a phone call. So I go down. We're on the, the rim of the Grand Canyon. It's what the Bright Angel Trail. There's an old lodge there. And I go to the, you got to find a pay phone. You go way down there. And I'm on the phone. And close the deal, right? I placed the, an engineering manager, Henderson, Kentucky, fee $20,000. Not a small amount of money. It's not bad and go up, she's nowhere to be found. I find her a few hundred yards down a rim of the Grand Canyon, she's crying. Mm. Because she thinks this is what this entire honeymoon's mm. gonna be. So that was ego. Because my name went to the top of a board in that headhunting agency as this is the guy. Right. And when I walked in, it was that's the guy. And there were maybe three guys, right? Yeah. In an agency of 60 odd people. It's there's your producers, there's your hitters, there's your big billers. So from that standpoint, you're absolutely right. It's pure ego, baby. Then we have a child, mm. another child, and another child. And you wake me at 3 a.m. in the morning, and I can do the math on 25% in terms of, okay, I gotta get this money in. I gotta get these interviews set. I gotta get this going. Because I've got a wife who's now a stay-at-home mom. Right. And I got three kids. 
And those three kids have medical needs, they've got everything else, and you gotta come up with the mortgage. You gotta come up with the car payments. You gotta come up with everything. And when times get tough, Dave, I can remember walking through a shop and save near the strip mall office that I had at the end and thinking to myself, I'm not buying name brand syrup. Screw it. Hmm. I'm gonna buy the generic syrup. Tastes just as good. They can learn to live with it. Just the bottom will fall out of the economy. Right. So, yeah, it can be ego, but at the end, it's I'm gonna do what I need to do. Right. So I gotta make right. a deal. Right. Right now. Right. And and like you say, Mark, that that that's what the film kind of is. It's about that balance. It's about walking that line. And for some, I guess the line is going to be uh, differently placed than others. Great scene in the film where the the father and son put their face up against the wall of the building. I, I, one of my one of my faves. And um, and I really can't figure out where his character really shifts. And he says, "Okay, I've got him. I haven't quite landed there yet." And a theme for me, this festival, 2016, is about this idea of being present. Right? It's very true. Buddhist kind of notion, right? This, you know, very spiritual. Let's be in the moment. Let's, and I'm, I'm really kind of crummy at it. My wife is amazing at it. My kids are 9 and 11. They're teaching me every day to be present. Dad, can you come and see this? I'm, I actually, I'm in the middle of a call right now, and I'm actually trying to consciously, I'm actually get, I'm getting goosebumps when I'm saying this, put, put this aside, push the laptop away, and, and focusing on whatever it's in, whether it's the gerbil, or, 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 or a colored rubber band. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Uh, that, I mean, that's, that, that's the kind of the tragedy. Of, well, I know of, exactly, right? without question. You know, you spoke before you turned the mic about moving the needle. That's right, yes. Yeah. And you're right. It, it is about being present, but too often we, we recognize those things because of something that negative that has happened. Mm. Mm. We're influenced mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. that. So when you talk about Dad, I've got, or I've got a phone call. I perhaps can't do this right now. I'll bet you there are times when you've gotten off that phone call and you've thought to yourself, I missed that, didn't I? I blew that. Oh, yeah. Wish I'd have handled that differently. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. And that, that wears on you. It, it does so wear me, yeah. The, the, I think what's thematic in Headhunter, and Mark knows this, and I know he, he was very conscious of this from the beginning, that this is what he's looking for in terms of performances is that feeling of of hope that feeling of priority the feeling of being present because what you find with Dane is here's a person who does something to his detriment because of how he thinks it'll either be reflected in the eyes of his son or how he feels about himself Right? And to me, that's important. You know, to me, those kind of movies where, where that lump your throat, when you walk out, you think, I remember that. That's the kind of thing that I want to be a part of. And to be specific, you know, the story of Stop and Smell the Roses is told with the concept of architecture. And, and, oh, and it's, yeah, absolutely. And, Haven't and, touched on that yet, which is brilliant, by the way. Yeah, really love that. Yeah, the, I mean, the whole, man, as a philosopher academically, I'm all about getting to the foundations, right? The presupposition, the, what's, what's the, what, what is the foundation? What's holding this up, right? right? And in this case, it's, you know, a son teaching a father yeah. a lesson, but yeah. through a different means, which in this case is his own 
uh, you know, voice of, of architecture and, and drawings and such. So that's what's important is, is... One of my favorite things, the Lego of his name on the wall, speaking of architecture. I mean, it's, this kid clearly um, had a few things going on, right? Yes. I mean, clearly. Um, so I interviewed a, a psychologist, psychiatrist. I don't think she would agree with that. I forget what she was, neuro something, neuropsychiatrist. Oh, I'm so sorry, Dr. Swingle. Anyway, <laughs> she said um, that there's a really fine line between being driven and being addicted, being an addict, right? Mm -hmm. And to, to that earlier question about ego versus sort of family. And I just kind of wondered if, <laughs> I mean, there's something, right? awesome about ticking things off your to-do list and it you know you and you're coming from Hollywood you must you know as a producer the adrenaline of, of getting that person getting that location getting you know what I mean it all gelling and coming together I think we're all addicts to a degree otherwise mm, we wouldn't nice. be successful in what we do either right, right. Um, do you mean all of us or filmmakers everybody in this room whether, <laughs> everybody I, I don't know about the rest of the world room. but to, to be successful Funny. you have to basically Funny. You know, have an addiction to what you're doing. Yeah. Frankly, you have to have a love for it too, because if right. you don't, you're going to be killing yourself every day. Yeah, sure. And yeah. so it's really it's about finding something that you really believe in and pushing it. But that causes an addiction because when you do have sure. that success, sure, sure. And, and frankly, you know, in this world, you get kicked a lot too. So you have to be able to pull yourself up. And what is that driving force that gets you back up to go again? It's, it's a bit of an addiction. It's a it's a love and a passion too. And you know, I I think the the better word in general is passion. Yeah, I but think so. It, but it can certainly be driven in an addiction sort of uh, terminology that isn't necessarily positive, um, but I, th I think uh, passion is, is a key to success. I think I think her point. I think and I, and I didn't I didn't go there with her in this interview, but I think her point was there's a fine line between it being healthy and unhealthy. I right. think is essentially mm. what, what she was kind of saying. Um, I love the doctor's line. I mean, quite a few favorite lines in the film, but um, you know, the, the disease is gonna get worse if it's not treated quickly. And I kind of felt like that was almost a wake up call for me. And for so many of us who tend, you know, maybe the three of us in this room even, you know, who tend towards the addictive side a little bit, right? It's, if you're not gonna, if you don't treat this man, it's, it's gonna get out of hand and pretty unwieldy pretty fast. You're gonna be going for that phone while you're standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon uh, again. And you will, and if, if whatever your addiction is, whatever your obsession is, whether you call it driven addiction, if you get positive reinforcement for that, if you're rewarded for that immediately, early on, right. that's what feeds that fire, right? If, if the money starts coming in and the recognition and the accolades, it's pretty easy to stay down that and say, I need more of that. Right, you buy a car that's got 333 horsepower, next thing you know, you want some 500, right? You want to go faster and faster, you want more and more. And in this movie, obviously, something kicks him in the ass to make him right. look at those choices that he's making on a daily basis and make different choices, perhaps. Um, and I think we all maybe have those things happen to us, or we don't, and we just keep going on our, on our path. So, you know, for, for Bill, I mean, having three kids, obviously turned a different corner for him. Yep. Um, and I don't have kids, so I, my, my path is driven by other things, and in this case it was to be uh, different in my creative profession to, to a slight degree, and that would be directing versus producing, uh, but it's, again, it's, it's taking that passion and, and guiding it in a different, different way. So sadly, I'm gonna get you know, the, the signal here in, in a second, but the, a question um, about 
Um, a couple of questions, and then we'll have to wrap it up. Gerard Butler, I think I read Real Passion Project for him as well. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, a lot of people have uh, sort of pointed the finger at me and, you know, you know David, you've got to start focusing more. And, you know, you've got a few too many passion projects on the go. I actually don't take that as a critical thing anymore. Um, is there, was there a personal edge to this? Was it a friendly kind of passionate thing? Was it you and him having a conversation, Mark, saying, we've got to make this? This is an important story to tell? It, I mean, when I met Jerry, he obviously was in a place in his life where he was becoming, or was very successful as yep. an action star. Yep. And I think as he talks about it, and had talked about it then and still does today, is some of those things are great for him, but they don't fulfill his soul. Mm. And he was looking for something that he could do that would fulfill his soul. And this was a character, a, a relationship between a father and a son that he could relate to in his own life that was fulfilling a need that he needed internally. Um, and also just to show that, you know, he's a real actor. He can really perform. Given the right opportunities, given great words that Bill gave him, he can do it. He just hasn't necessarily been making those choices or doing those roles, right. but it's, it's in him, and uh, hopefully it shows. Helping other dads get jobs so they can take care of their families. I mean, if that doesn't sort of bring a little bit of a tear to your eye, just from a, the, the child's perspective. Um, I don't know, uh, mystery, the wonder of it. I think it's a really nice reminder, um, I guess, to the headhunter in all of us, <laughs> right? I, I think without question, Dave, you know, that's a question that my children used to pose to me all the time. What, do you, what exactly do you right. do for a living? What do you do for a living? You know, yeah. They hear me talking on the phone, my voice gets loud, I say different things, but what are you doing? Right? But, you know, what was, what was satisfying for me in the film are those things that ring true. I've had people that after you secure them a position, maybe they've gone months and months, sometimes close to a year or more. They have no job, and our self-worth is so often determined oh, by man. what we do. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. And people that I've, I've, you've got the job. So imagine the satisfaction that I derive from calling someone up who's put everything they have into a series of interviews, and perhaps because of their age, uh, race, sex, whatever, they've been denied that position or a position in the past. And you say, you got the job. And they just dissolve in tears. Mm, mm. It's so, it's such a relief. It's such a relief. Not just because now you've given them uh, a chance to earn again the income that we all need, but it's a self-worth. It's, I, I, I've got a job. And we yeah. all get our hands yeah. around having a job. Well, there's a, there's a, there's a I guess there's a, a meaningfulness, right? To, to being, I mean, it's, and you know what, another theme for me, and I think this is kind of the theme for every film I see, I'm looking for it, is this, this set, you know, we're all kind of broken in our own way, I think, and, and we're all looking for that little bit extra, a little bit of extra reconciliation or, or reconnection, and we're always trying to find a way back home. It's kind of, you know, we just, you know, God, that's where I want to be, right? And I, I've found, I've traveled a lot, and I, I love it still, but I'd much rather be at home, you know? Correct. I agree 100%. So, anything next? 
got a you got anything on oh, that? Post, next, post-it note? How many post-it notes have you got on your, uh, uh, your I, wall? I would say the big post-it note is the accountant comes out October 14th. So uh, okay. uh, Bill uh, Bill wrote that as well, and I produced it. So we're very excited oh, I didn't, about that. Oh, I didn't know you produced it. Wow. Trailers look ridiculously good. So we're, yeah. we're very excited about that. I, I bet think, you are. Uh, and see Me too. Happens. And you, Bill? Just... You have different projects. I'm working on a project for Universal right now. Nice. Uh, different things that Mark and I are continuing to collaborate on. So, plate's full. Plate is full. Excellent. Well, thank you uh, for, for telling thank the story. Uh, uh, Headhunters Calling World premiere tonight, in fact, tonight. September the 14th. The only reason I know that is because it's my birthday on Friday. Uh, Mark uh, Williams and Bill Dubuque here with us today, and we we beat the publicist. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. Guys, thanks a lot for your time. Happy the film on and <laughs> thanks thanks for the film. Uh, thanks and congratulations. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.